0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello out there in listening land. I have another message for you from a couple of friends of mine. Let's hear about their excellent podcast. Hey guys, this is Mandy and Melissa from Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast featuring two moms who think they're funny. Trust us guys, we are. Join us each week as we discuss both the infamous and unfamiliar stories in the world of true crime. You can check us out on our website at momsandmurder.com and also connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We release new episodes on Tuesdays, so we hope you'll check us out. Intro voice Welcome to episode 5 of Mirths and Monsters I am your host, CK And this week I will be bringing you more bad accents Less ukulele But plenty giggleness to further strengthen your chuckle muscles Remember, chuckle muscles are very important Do not let them weather Because they have a very particular set of skills And they will find you on with the pod. Hello, my friends. Pleasure to be joining with you again. This week's episode is a bit special. It's dedicated to one listener in particular. There's a young lassie in Canada who thinks I sound like a leprechaun. Well, Olivia, you are very smart. My da is Irish. So there is a chance there's Bart Leprechaun in my past. That was quick of you to pick up on. And Finn says hello, by the way. So with thanks to Olivia for the inspiration, the subject of this week's episode is, of course, (laughs) leprechauns. (laughs) Now, a lot of you will have had an image pop into your head when I said leprechauns, one involving lots of green clothes, red beards, and buckles. I will return to this and to where it comes from. First, though, time to drop some knowledge from my mouth to your earholes about the origins and the history of these wee scamps. The first important bit of knowledge is that leprechauns are actually a type of fairy. Fairies are another fascinating group and one I will cover more fully down the line. The next droplet of info you need. Leprechauns were not invented by manufacturers of cereal. In the book, The Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures by John and Caitlin Matthews, they have traced the legend back to the 8th century. Back then, they were known as Lougharpan, which means small body. They were in fact water spirits. The spirits part became more relevant when this legend was blended with another mischievous household fairy. It is believed that this is the Cluricon. The Cluricon was a heavy-drinking fairy who would inhabit or haunt your wine cellar, being raucous, loud and generally annoying, Singing songs of the old country, telling you he's your best mate, before trying to cop off with some big guy's lass and starting a fight with the police. So tell me, which friend or family member did you think of there? Leprechauns are thought to have been one of the many inhabitants of fairy forts or fairy rings in ancient Ireland. Fairy rings, while sounding like a cheap biscuit that you would bring out when certain friends come round unexpectedly, are in fact a circle of mushrooms, naturally occurring circles of mushrooms that can grow up to 33 feet, just over 10 metres in diameter. There are believed to have been many inhabitants of fairy rings, as well as leprechauns, there would also be pixies, elves, along with other types of fairy. Actually sounds quite idyllic. Borrowing grains of sugar from your next-door mushroom. And of course, you'd never be short of a babysitter. Fairy forts, and yes, I know that sounds amusing. Fairy forts didn't have a mushroom vibe as such, but there is still a literal connection with earth. These were circular dwellings that were built into earth banks or ditches, they would be homes for leprechaun families but still be a part of the geography of the landscape, blending in as not to spoil the surroundings. Picture Hobbiton, but in Ireland. Something else that leprechauns are known for in legend is money, moolah, greenbacks, spondulics, dulladullabilljall, or more specifically, gold. Legend would have you believe that they are practically sneezing 24-carat nuggets from their veiny nose holes. However, the main career that they are associated with isn't some form of cash-for-gold loan shark, but in fact that of a shoemaker or cobbler. This is related to the idea that leprechaun comes from the Irish words leith brogan meaning shoemaker. I fully apologise. Even though I've got Irish ancestry, I'm pretty sure that the pronunciation of that was pretty poor. Descriptions of early leprechauns were described as sly old men that wore red suits, and I've seen they would often be working on one shoe. Just one shoe. At first, for me, this conjured up a creepy image of a darkened room, The brightness of the red suit standing out in the gloom, and one shoe lit by a strong overhead lamp. One solitary, scared-looking shoe, being repeatedly hit by the tiny yet potent hammer of the sly leprechaun. However, if you think about it, you can only work on one shoe at a time, so maybe I shouldn't think so much. And maybe I should stop having cheese close to bedtime. The look of the leprechaun over time has changed. Originally water spirits, I must admit that a leprechaun and a pair of budgie smugglers doesn't really appeal, but I'm sure they were actually very ethereal. As I mentioned briefly, red was actually the colour that was associated with leprechauns. The poet W.B. Yeats was originally from Sligo in Ireland and he had a huge, huge interest in folklore and magic, and was in fact a member of the Theosophical Society, a group that believed in the power of magic. Here is his description of the Leprechaun. He is something of a dandy, and dresses in a red coat with seven rows of buttons, seven buttons on each row and wears a cocked hat, upon whose pointed end he is wont, in the northeast counties, to spin like a top when the fit seizes him. Okay, let me break it down. So what we have, basically, is a fella who loves bling. I mean, who actually needs 49 buttons. And what kind of being will stand on his hat and spin when overexcited? It's an eventful image but it does give me concern about his sanity. My other concern is that only the coat and the hat are mentioned, but nothing else. Did they just walk about in hats and coats without pants on? The older ones holding on to their shillelaghs? A shillelagh, by the way, is actually an Irish cudgel or club. This can be used as a walking stick. The idea of the green-clad leprechaun is more modern, but still dates back a wee while. In his 1834 book, Fairy Traditions and Legends of the South of Ireland, Irish antiquarian T. Crofton Croker provided more insight on the look of these mythical creatures. Quote, They are often described as bearded old men dressed in green and wearing buckled shoes. Sometimes they wear a pointed cap or hat and may smoke a pipe. End quote. And that is something I found interesting. All the depictions of leprechauns are of men. So, after researching a bit more, I came across something that's very intriguing. I couldn't find any depictions of female leprechauns. It's only ever been males. Now, I haven't looked into how they continue to exist. And to be blunt, folks, I'm not sure I want to. It must be magical, though. Okay, I'm sure you're sat there listening and thinking, this is all very well and good, CK, but what about the Rainbow Connection? Well, fret no more, folks. Tis time to bring that to the fore. Okay, the gold that is sitting in a large crock at the end of the rainbow, overflowing with lovely shiny gold, that actually comes from hard work. The shoemaking business is a lot of hard work. Cobblers, I hear you cry. Yes, them as well. Being shoemakers, they work a great deal, from sun up to sundown, creating bespoke footwear, and that takes time and effort. If you wonder why leprechauns are grumpy it's probably because they're knackered. Who of us can say they don't get a bit fed up when running on minimal sleep? throwing being hangry most of the time and I'd be a miserable person as well. So they save up the gold that they earn and they deposit it at the end of a rainbow. Not somewhere over it. Right at the foot of it. Along with the lash and lashings of lovely gold and the Rainbow Bank account, the other part of the legend is that if you trap a leprechaun, you can try to trick him into giving you his gold. He can also grant you three wishes. I'm going to come back to these facts very soon. So, Finn and I hatched a plan. Using some good old-fashioned old wives' tales, some more reading, always need the reading, and a little bit of magic that i picked up along the way, we managed to create a little MacGuffin, a navigational machine that meant we could find a way to the end of a rainbow. Oh yes, my friends, I'm going to try and interview me an actual leprechaun. We loaded up the bike and sidecar, still deciding on a name, but I do have a favourite. Stocked up with plenty sandwiches, treats for the wee man, a flask of tea and a sense of purpose, we began our journey. Time for some travelling music. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed the ditty. I would have spoken, but it was half a windy and you wouldn't have been able to hear me. So, having used what I am calling the Faramagan Navigator, the wee man and myself are currently sitting on an area of grass in bright sunshine with a smattering of rain, bathing in the glow of the most beautiful rainbow, right at its very end. According to my watch, the time is five past five. Traditionally, letting out time from work is five, so I'm hoping that it won't be much longer till I can be in the company of an actual leprechaun. Now, there is a sound associated with a leprechaun and its approach. It's the sound of a cobbler's hammer, so I'm trying to keep my ears cocked for that tiny sound. But, as always, Finn gets the sound first. He gets up on his haunches and a very low growl builds in his throat. Nothing sinister, it's just a heads up for my cell. I finally hear the sound as well. Tiny hammer noises, but also the sound of voices. Can't make out the words, but there's definitely chatter. I back away about 20 feet from the base of the rainbow with Finn at my side. Coming into view, I see figures approaching. Short in stature, maybe three to four feet in height range. I count five, no, six individuals. They're carrying tools and a couple of them are still wearing leather aprons. They approach the base of the rainbow and that's when they see me. Things get tense. One is about to lunge forward but another braces his arm across his chest to stop him. The second man looks at me. Most of his face is covered by a large red beard. I stand still, my hands at my side, palms forward. I wonder if this is going to become a scene from West Side Story, because the balance of favour is very much with the leprechauns. Would I be a jet? Would I be a shark? I think I'd more likely be a hippo or a monkey. I'm digressing. Sorry, folks. I speak. Hello, my friends. I mean you no harm, and I am not here for your earnings, nor to take anything that does not belong to me. I'm merely an inquisitive man with an inquisitive pup. They looked at me for what seemed like the longest time before the one at the front. I'll call him the foreman, turns to his colleagues he speaks quickly quietly and with authority there was some protest but not much what I then witnessed was spectacular one by one each of them pulled a leather money pouch from their pockets and dropped it into the ground at the base of the rainbow and the pouches were then swallowed up and vanished I could hear a distant clank of coinage as if the pouches became part of a much, much larger pile. After they did this, all but the foreman left the scene, with him making soothing sounds to them. Once they had left, he motioned to two large boulders that could easily be used as seats. I had actually used one as a seat when we arrived, and to my shame I still noticed I had left a sandwich wrapper on it. I picked it up quickly and I stuffed it into my jacket boot. We both sat down and I tensed slightly as he shoved his hand in his pocket. He saw this and smiled as he brought out a small sliver of meat that he then offered to Finn. Finn, ever cautious, paused for about a quarter of a second before plucking the offer from the leprechaun. Turned to the man in front of me. Hello, I said. My name is CK, and this is Finn. I gestured to myself and the wee man to indicate our names. He did the same gesture with his hand and said Gregan. Pleased to meet you. We have travelled quite a ways to be here. He spoke. Hard hard it her. Ah, well I've been studying magic, you see and read a lot of research books. I managed to make myself a device that luckily led me the way here. He shook his head with something looked a little bit like admiration. Heard a head a her I never heard a head to a her without a hurt to at her. It's funny you should mention that. I wanted to know some things about the legend of the leprechauns, if I could. The first one being the Three Wishes. What is the truth behind the Three Wishes? Hey men, I'm here. I wish Ha ha Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I see. So if a human traps you, they can have the Three Wishes, but they will backfire. So for example, someone can wish to be the richest man in the village, but this may mean that everyone else may become penniless. As I. Interesting. And of course, your crock of gold at the end of the rainbow. Before I ask the question, he talks. Why not have her to have her and a her? Or her, her, her? and that a her? That is a very good point. When did the idea that trapping someone and then stealing their hard earned gold. Become an okay thing to do. That's basically holding someone hostage till they pay a ransom. He takes a deep breath and settles himself. Holds up a hand in apology for becoming riled, but I nod that I understand. aha ha ha! Oh, okay. Please do tell me. Ha 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 ha! Shamus. Ha 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 Red ribbon. Ha 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 ah, let me see if I get this right, so a man called Seamus trapped one of your colleagues, found out where the gold was buried, and it was buried under a tree in an orchard ha. <laughs> Seamus didn't have a shovel with which to dig, so he tied a red ribbon round the tree under which the gold was buried. Now, as the leprechaun had told him where the gold was, Seamus was bound to set him free. He did so and went to get a shovel. Wasn't gone five minutes, and when he came back, he found that all the trees now had red ribbons tied round them. Ah, that is true. You should not mess with a magical fella's gold. The light was starting to fade slightly and as I had felt I'd taken up enough of Gregan's time I told him thank you and I would be on my way. He shook my hand and said, Thank you very much. You're more than welcome at mine as well. I'm sure you'll find the way. He petted Finn and then he was off. Finn and I got back to the bike and drove a few miles to find a good place to camp for the night. I felt that camping near their rainbow was taking just a bit too much of a liberty. So there you have it my friends. A close encounter of the leprechaun kind. Turns out they aren't grumpy by nature at all. I would be miffed as well if somebody was trying to steal my wages. If you would like to contact me, then you can find me on Twitter at Mirths and Monsters, or you can email me with bike naming suggestions or anything else at Mirths and Monsters Pod at gmail.com. Just to let you know, there's going to be a slight change with the podcast. Still doing it, just that I'm going to be doing it every two weeks now instead of every week. I want to make sure that I'm giving you the best possible quality to the adventures. And I think it's gonna be better to do it every two weeks instead. So from today it'll be a fortnight till the next one comes out. Till next time folks. Slancha. Your good health.